Welcome to the Video Creators Podcast. We help YouTube creators grow their audience and business with next-level tactics and strategies. Want to accelerate your channel's momentum, be more profitable, and change the lives of more people than ever before? You're in the right place. The Video Creators team has over a decade of experience providing YouTube strategy for brands like Disney, Warner Brothers, HBO, and even YouTube themselves. So far, our team is responsible for helping clients generate over 17 billion views on YouTube. And now, to help you, here's Tim, Lennon, and Delena. Hello, creators. How are you guys? It's great to hang out with you again for another Video Creators Podcast episode. And we've missed you, actually. It's been about a month since we've had a new episode. And I can't think of a, of a more fun way to open up this new year with us than talking about algorithm updates on YouTube and on and on Google. You know, Google is constantly tweaking their their search algorithms and their and their search systems and they're making changes to it every single day. But last month in, in December, uh, actually now this is February, so it guess it's been about two months ago, they rolled out a really big core update that was very clearly noticeable across Google's search and discovery systems and a lot of webmasters and authors are scratching their head thinking like, hey, like what's going on here? Now, these algorithm updates aren't new. They happen very frequently on Google as well as on YouTube. And But the one in December was like a core update that impacted a lot of websites. And while we don't really know all the details of what the update actually revolved around on the website, what we're seeing is that it does paint a, a clear picture of those of us who are relying on YouTube search and discovery systems. What, where are we headed in 2021? What can we learn from Google's updates that gives us an indication of what we should be focusing on with YouTube search and discovery systems if we want our content to be surfaced and displayed in front of more people going forward this year. So today we want to dive into all of that. We want to figure out what is that update that happened on, on Google? What can we learn from it? And then based on that, what do we need to focus on as creators in 2021 if we want YouTube's search and discovery systems to really be able to focus on our content and continually surface our videos to the right viewer at the right time. That is the goal of YouTube's algorithm, to surface the right video to the right viewer at the right time. And what can we learn from Google about how all that works? That's what we're going to dive in here today. And by the end of this, I know you're going to have some very practical, actionable steps you can take this year to improve your content and be surfaced to more of the right viewers at the right time. Before we dive into all that, I want to catch up real quick with two of the strategists here on my team, Lennon and Delena. It's good to see you guys again. We haven't done this for a little while. How have the past been? How the past two months been for for you guys? Well, I've just been sitting here waiting for you guys the whole time. <laughs> this yeah, whole time. So yeah, I've been here for a month and like just waiting for this next episode. So it's I'm I was beginning to wonder. <laughs> <laughs> we were making you sweat. You, you were sitting here through Christmas, through New Year's. Yeah, the family was ticked. <laughs> um, well, for me personally, uh, aside from, you know, sitting here, uh, just waiting in front of the microphone, spending a lot of time with the family, which is really nice. My my wife and I do a thing every year where we each 
get an opportunity to isolate ourselves for a few days. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we, we, so I went to Omaha for a couple of days and just spent some time in an Airbnb to just kind of think about the year, which is really cool. I uh, actually got to hang out with our buddy Jeff Barch from Story Greenlight a little bit. Yeah. And hmm. um, yeah, it's been a good, relaxing couple months. And, you know, we're digging back into things here at Video Creators Head First, jumping into some video labs and all that stuff. So all good things. Yeah. How have you been, Delana? I've been good. You know, quarantine, it has just felt like a, a similar day on repeat, except that um, my husband and I are still doing house stuff in our house. How long has it been now? Uh, five months, I think. Six, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I can't believe it. But our house, let me tell you guys, our house looks completely different from how it looked before. I mean, it is. We look at old pictures and we're like, we can't even believe it's the same house. There seems to be never-ending house projects when you're a homeowner. It's just there's always another project or three to do. Yes. And uh, <laughs> But it feels good when they're done. So. Oh, yeah. With me, I've been... I enjoy the holiday season. I'm glad to be back. And although I took some time off, I my mind doesn't really take off that well. And so I've been thinking a lot about the future direction of the business, of our company here, Video Creators. Last last year, we worked with over 650 clients personally on, on their YouTube channels and saw a lot of really crazy, great results and success. People going from uh, you know, like Anthony, who you worked with, Delena, going from mm-hmm. quarter million subscribers over six years to then in a few months going to a million subscribers after after you worked with him and helped him I break know. through some of that stuff. Um, and Lennon, you with Eric, uh, who was stuck at around four million views a month, and you helped him break out to to uh, consistently hitting over eight million views a month, and finally he's re-energized about his channel and. Uh, so many stories. And I'm like, where is all this going? Where is all this heading for us? And I'm really excited about the future. Those of you who are listeners have been around for a little while. Uh, I'm not going to go totally into it because I want to talk mostly about YouTube or Google's core update and what that means for us and what we can learn about YouTube's algorithm from it. But we've been traditionally an educational company that offers services. And the, the overview is that we're going to be shifting that. We're going to be going pr- focusing primarily on a services, social media, YouTube agency that happens to provide education as well. And the reason for that is that when I look at where we see the most life change happening, not only with our clients that we're working with, but the, the ones who are changing the lives of their audience as, as well, that happens best when we are actually getting the video calls looking at their analytics and, and providing custom strategy for them in their channels. And if we really want to be about reaching more people, changing more lives, starting with our client's life, that's where we see it happen the most and the best. So uh, there's a lot of other reasons too, but that's kind of where we're going. I'm really excited to pivot and lean more into agency world type stuff, a little harder than we have before. And yeah, I think we'll we'll be able to reach and impact a lot more people together that way. So it's daunting, but exciting at the same time. Before 
Before we dive into talking about Google's updates and all the algorithm stuff, we want to first highlight a creator in, in our community, one of our clients here. This week's creator spotlight is Annie Long. And I'm opening up this year with her as our creator spotlight because I don't work with creators like Annie very often. She's 14 years old. She booked this session with me on her own and went through the whole entire session with me. Very extremely professional. I have met very few creators who are as dedicated as her, who are studying as hard as her and getting the results that she's getting. She has, as of this recording, 322,000 subscribers growing very rapidly. And she has a very clear, defined mission behind her channel, what she's trying to accomplish there. And so after our conversation, my, our consultation with her, I just wanted to ask her, like, what advice do you have for other creators who maybe feel stuck, who maybe are trying to reach that next level and they're trying to, to get to that next like growth? Like, what is it that you're doing on your channel that's, that's contributing to your growth? And it was interesting because a lot of the advice that she shares is actually are things that we're going to dig into here today that I think a lot of people know are as important, but maybe dismiss as not being as important as other things. So let's cut to that conversation with Annie and, and hear what she has to say. Annie, it's been so fun hanging out with you here over the past hour, talking about your YouTube channel. And I am so proud of what you have made. Tell people about your channel and what you do there. My channel is called Annie Long. I do lifestyle, fitness, and some productivity content through my morning routines, study tips, and other videos like that. And I think it's so impressive that at age 14, you're already thinking about this as a business, as an entrepreneur. You're already thinking about this in terms of in levels that like not even a lot of adults really get to. So I really commend you for that. And 300,000 plus thousand subscribers already. How long have you been working on that to, to reach that goal? Um, about five years. I've been making videos like since I was about eight. So a while. <laughs> yeah. And consistently for about uh, how many years now? About five years. Five years since the beginning. Okay, cool. What would be the main tips or advice that you would give to a creator who's trying to like, maybe they're at like 150,000 subscribers, maybe 200,000. What were the main things that you implemented on your channel to get to 300 plus that you would encourage someone else to think about? So this is something that I'm constantly working towards. And once I recognize that literally no one cares about me, um, that really changed things because for a while when I was a lot younger, I was just posting, you know, a vlog, a clothing haul. And as I've seen and looked through my most popular videos there are all these videos that um, I'm leading my subscribers or just new viewers to something that I want and what the outcome is going to be or doing a challenge. And that's really something that grips someone because they're like, oh, is this something that I want to try? So when you're posting something, always ask yourself, why would someone who doesn't know me personally want to watch this? Because maybe your dad wants to watch your vlog because he knows you personally, but you just have to realize that no one cares about you, but they value their time very much. So what's going to make someone choose to watch your 10 minute video instead of everyone else's? And how do you answer that question for them? Like, this is why you guys are going to watch me and not someone else. Um, I would say that that would be finding like a common problem that people have and honestly, like doing something shocking. For example, I made a video that was like my 3 a.m. morning routine. I saw that, yeah. Uh, and people are clicking on that, not for me, not for like my face in the thumbnail, but they're thinking, why would someone want to wake up at 3 a.m.? Is this healthy for you? Like, why would this be beneficial? So a lot of times it's about making like content that's against the grain. Mm -hmm. 
So if yeah. it's not super popular, it has to be kind of something that's a bit shocking. A little bit like, what? Why would you do that? Yeah. So we've spent some time talking about your channel now in terms of like your goal is to get to a million subscribers by the end of the year. And given some of the things we talked about and how focused you are in your channel, I'm, I'm confident that you'll get there. What would be some of the main things that you feel like as a result of our conversation here that you're going to be implementing on your channel in order to reach that goal of a million subscribers by the end of the year? I would say definitely embodying like congruency. And I think I've changed a lot like since quarantine and that's definitely changed like my goals with my channel and what type of content I want to be making. And I think I really want to make that clear to my subscribers and clear to new people coming to my channel because there was a time where my channel banner just said like, welcome to my life. And that's very like broad. And I really want to have like a clear statement. And obviously my channel, like right now it's not an educational channel. So I don't necessarily have like a, I'm going to teach you how to do this, but I want to find a way to tie my content into this belief. For example, I really value happiness and productivity, finding a way to make different content, but always kind of lead it back to that so that I'm creating this library content where I could put all the videos in the same playlist and the same target audience would enjoy watching those videos. That's right. Currently, you have a really solid core audience because you're so good at these community videos and making people feel engaged, making them feel like it's a one-on-one connection. You just nail that so well. So what you're saying is like, I, I need to like think more about that person who's never heard of me before. And how do I get that first time viewer rather than just keeping my core engaged? How do I start building that core, expanding that to a broader audience? So, and we talked about a bunch of different ways you're going to do that. You have one, one idea for how you think you might do that going forward? Um, I would definitely say really getting down on my mission statement, kind yeah, of yeah. what I'm really about and like putting it into words, putting on my channel banner really cutting out content that I feel like, like I should make because, oh, it's like trending, but doesn't actually lead to an actual story structure. So Tim and I went through a story structure about who's a character, what do they want? What are the stakes? What's the transformation throughout the video? So like I have by myself valuing quantity a lot with posting often, but I really want to look through my checklist and make sure that my videos actually have a structure to them and really something that I'm like a core that I'm going back to again. Again, and focusing on the 20% that's bringing the 80% of the outcome. Yeah. Cause I think we, we often overlook that. I mean, I do that with my own channel too. It's like, I just need to get another video up. Like it's Thursday and some of you are expecting one of them. So you just kind of throw up something that's kind of like just mediocre instead of backing up and you're like, what's the title and thumbnail they click on before I even hit record. Right. And then like, let's plan out that content and let's tell a good story. That's going to actually get the watch time, the need and retention and make people feel something, not just get some information. And that causes them to be more likely to subscribe and enable notifications, watch more. And that's ultimately what grows the channel. So if you guys want to check out Annie's channel, there's a link to her channel in the show notes here. You can go check her out. I know you'll be fascinated to see what she's doing on the outside. It looks like she's a fun teenager having a lot of fun, but, and she is, but Man, like when you sit down and talk with her in here, she is definitely a smart person who is taking this seriously and will go and accomplish big things, not only with her channel, but with her life. So go go check out her channel. It's linked up down, down below. And if you're interested in hopping to a one-hour session like Annie did with either myself or Lennon or someone else here on our team, we would love to do that with you. You can go to videocreators.com slash consulting. Just look at our calendar, pick a spot that's open for you. Go ahead and book it. And we will come to that session prepared to dive into your channel, to your audience, to your content, to your goals, and giving you very actionable steps of, as a result of our conversation, what should you do to go move forward? 
We want to give it to you so it is very clear, very simple, and you can leave that conversation ready to go dominate. <laughs> so videocreators.com slash consulting. There's also a link to it down in the show notes. You can uh, click it, check it out, see if it's right for you or not. And we hope to see you in a one-hour session coming up soon. Oh man, Lennon, Delena, uh, people get trippy when it comes to the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> they get very uh, excited, anxious, depressed, nervous. What are some other feelings I'm missing in there? Angry. <laughs> I was, I was going to say heated. Bitter. Opinionated. I think it is one of those like things that people grow really opinionated about. And I'm not really sure why, unless you wrote the code yourself, <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I think it's because we want we want to we want to like understand it enough to be able to take advantage of it, right? And, and not take advantage in in the negative way. But when we don't understand something, we and we talk about this in kind of the primal branding thing. It's like you you have to fall on one side of a belief system or another, yeah, so that you feel like you're justifying all your energy. Yeah, and, and and it feels I think like it's this easy scapegoat for creators because I can't control it, and if my content's not being surfaced, it's not my fault; it's the algorithm's fault. Yeah. And how do I just hack this algorithm to finally notice me and surface me? But what a lot of people don't understand is like they think that the goal of the algorithm is to find viewers for your videos, but it's actually the opposite, the other way around. It's to find the goal is to is to find the right video for the right person at the right time. So it's a viewer centric system, not a video centric system. So when we look at Google's core update happened last December, you know, they are constantly making big changes. And whenever they do, it leaves a lot of people scrambling because whenever that update happens, there's always winners and there's losers <laughs> and Google and YouTube. Uh, thankfully have been getting better recently at, announcing those major updates ahead of time. But even when they happen, you still, or when they announce them, you still don't really know what the impact will be in, until it rolls out. So last December, Google rolled out this core update that impacted a lot of websites. Those who lost traffic were like, we didn't change anything. Why is my content now suddenly less valuable? What the heck, Google? And then there's a lot of people who are winners and they got a lot of new traffic and they're saying, woohoo, we also didn't change anything. Why is our website now suddenly <laughs> performing better? And there's there's so many theories out there. And what I don't want to get into is all the theories, but a lot of them really boil down to two main things that, that a lot of the educated people are saying, this is what it boils down to, which I agree with. And then also because YouTube kind of tells us this is what they revolve around. And I, I know like a lot of the sentiment we're talking about here is very common. We've, we've, heard, we've worked with literally thousands of YouTube creators on their strategy. And we hear this all the time in YouTube world as well. It's not just website world, which is like, hey, I'm not changing anything. Why is my video suddenly start to perform poorly? Why did it tank? And as you guys know, there's always new websites coming online. There's always new videos being uploaded to YouTube. So the, the viewing session that people normally follow might change and it's, it's an ever-evolving place. And so when we look at all, like what happened to Google's core update in December, although no one really knows what happens and we won't get into all the different theories, but there's the, the, the things that make the most sense to me revolve around two things. Number one, this update revolved around page quality 
And two, the update revolves around viewer signals. So what does that, what do those two things actually mean for us as creators on YouTube? Well, first of all, let's come back to understanding what YouTube's and, and Google's goal is. Google says their goal is to surface content that serves people the best. On YouTube, it's to surface the right video to the right person at the right time. So both of those are focusing on surfacing content that serves people the best, right? So it's not really about who got their keywords right or, or anything. It's, it's more about like, how well does this content serve people? And one of the primary ways they measure that is on viewer signals. On YouTube, those big ones are watch time, session time, viewer satisfaction. There's a lot of other ones too. But the, the main thing to point out there is that it's not just about keywords and things. It's about how does someone respond when we surface this content? Do they watch it? Do they spend a long time watching it? Do they watch more as a result of this? And even now, is the viewer satisfied as a result? There's lots of these satisfaction polls popping up now, millions of them every day. And YouTube is using that data to continually predict what does a viewer want to watch next. So thankfully, we need to worry less about all the technical elements. And while some of those are still necessary to consider, they often distract us from the human elements that ultimately make content perform well. So before we dive into like these things in terms of like you think about page quality or in our world, video quality, like video quality to us means like a certain resolution <laughs> and maybe a certain type of camera. But like, what does quality look like? We want to help answer that question for you guys here in this episode. And what do we do with these viewer signals? But before we dive into that, Delena, there's a lot of myths that I think we first need to tackle first that creators going into this next year really need to forget. What do you, what do you see some of those top ones are? I think the first one is that like the one of the biggest growth myths that we need to forget is YouTube ranks videos based on keywords. In fact, YouTube moved away from keyword matching in all the way back in 2012, guys. 2012. Um, nearly 10 years ago. <laughs> Um, in favor of focusing on viewer signals such as watch time um, and especially more recently, viewer satisfaction, which, you know, they're still working on how exactly to measure viewer satisfaction. There's a lot of little things that they're looking at there, but YouTube has officially stated that they no longer put a lot of weight, if really any weight, on keywords at all anymore. So, uh, which I think is kind of cool that now we are, uh, you know, if you up, go and you upload a video, you have to go into advanced mode to add your keywords so we can see that they're moving away from that. And then number two, a uh, growth myth that we should forget is the YouTube algorithm favors channel that are frequently publishing new videos. I, I think there was a myth going around for a while that it's just kind of like in order to grow on YouTube, you have to pump out as much content as humanly possible. And that is not true. YouTube does, doesn't care how often you publish new videos. It's paying way more attention to how viewers are are or are not responding to those videos um, and how well it serves them and reaches that audience rather than how frequently you're actually publishing that video or those videos, I guess I should say. 
the third growth myth that we need to forget is that you need a lot of views within the first 24 hours of publishing a video in order for it to be successful. And I cannot tell you, even with creators that I work with in the action plan, like I can still feel that fear from them. And I'll ask them like, or they'll come to me and they'll be like, Hey, this video did not, it's not going as far as I thought it would. And I just say, Dr. Anthony Yoon is a great example. The one that you mentioned earlier, Tim, um, his video, his first video to get like several million views, it was like a reaction video of plastic surgeon reacts to botched. And he uploaded that video and he emailed me within the first 24 hours. And he was like, what is, what's going on? Like this video is totally tanking. Did we, have we lost all hope for this video? And I told him, just wait. This is a new style of video. Let's let's give it time. And by the end of that week, it had a million views. And so your video is definitely not doomed within the first 24 hours. And view velocity is is a big myth. Yeah. Yeah. If that was true, no channel would ever have hope. Like no right. new channel, because they would all be stuck at zero views and zero subscribers all the time. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. what this says to me is that this gives us freedom to like take a breath. And enjoy getting into the process more. And because I, I was having a very similar conversation with um, somebody in our community today where, you know, they were very concerned because they're like, I've changed, I've changed my thumbnail three times in the last three days. I was like, well, you need to like just chill a little bit and, and let mm -hmm. this thing breathe for a second and see what happens. And let's instead of having like this very narrow scope. Let's open the scope up and have a forward momentum uh, mindset. And I think that's mm -hmm. a lot healthier, not only from um, actual numbers growth, but just from sanity <laughs> in terms <laughs> of like how we approach our day-to-day -day lives as content creators. Well, yeah. and I think it's such a big inhibitor of creativity. Like whenever you say sanity, it's also it's also like, how are we supposed to confidently go and implement new strategies if we feel like the fate of our video is banking within the first 24 hours and we have so much anxiety when going to post it? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if we're putting that much pressure into something, then it's going to inhibit our creativity and therefore not serve our audience or us or really anything around that. I love that, like each of these myths, and I know we're harping on number three, but like gets each of us on our soapbox. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, but like, no, 24 hours, like that view velocity thing is a, is a classic confusion of correlation and causation. And we could spend a lot of time talking about each of these and maybe we will in a future episode, we'll do another myth busting episode, which uh, we've done in the past. But I think what we're seeing, what we're seeing here, Delena is like, the algorithm doesn't care about our keywords. The viewers might, but the key, but but that's a viewer centric thing. It's not a key. It's not an algorithm robot centric thing, because mm -hmm. uh, the viewer might just expect to see certain words associated with certain value that they want to consume right now. The the algorithm also, you know, like you don't have to publish sixteen times a day in order to get traction. Um, you might learn a lot faster in sixteen mm -hmm. videos a day. But YouTube system doesn't care. So what, what it's really coming down to is the algorithm favors quality and viewer signals over things like frequency. Like Mark Rober, grow 10 million subscribers in one year with one video every six weeks-ish, sometimes every four to six weeks, right? That's like, <laughs> he didn't, he wasn't cranking out 10 a week or something just to kind of convince the algorithm that you should really surface me. So 
what what should we focus on instead this year with our videos? Well, uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes of this for you guys, and it is a Google developers link straight from the Google search blog. Okay. And what they do in this is they look at, and they answer these questions for the web website developers and they're saying, and webmasters are saying, here's a list of questions you should consider when it comes to making quality web pages and making quality websites. If you want us to surface your website then here's some things you should consider. And a lot of these things apply exactly to what we're saying about YouTube videos too. So Lennon, why don't you walk us through some of those, those questions from a high level. We don't need to go to every single one. If you guys want the full article, link down in the show notes, but they will point out some highlights that'll get you going in the right direction here. Yeah, the thing I love about this is we're really coming back to there, there is no shortcut to all of it, you know? And I think everybody's trying to sell the shortcut and rather than the connection. And, and it's so refreshing to hear Google just come out and say it. Like the literally the document starts with content and quality questions. Content, like the actual meat and potatoes of what it is that you're making, right? And some of these questions are like, does the content provide original information, uh, reporting, research, or analysis? Original information. Um, does the headline and our page title provide a descriptive, helpful summary of the content? So we're not looking at just a keyword stuffed thing. You know, it's, it's literally like, is this going to let us know what this content is all about? And does that headline or page title avoid being exaggerated or shocking in nature? So we're talking about like the clickbait things here, you know, and, and this is where it gets tough because we hear so many people Teaching YouTube, if I can say it, in a very like non-data driven way. And so we hear them giving tips like this, like, you know, what's the shock value? What's the thing that you can get that makes it really? And so when we say, you know, how can you make the title more interesting? The first pushback is always like, but I don't want to be clickbaity. Well, that's it. Neither does Google want you to be clickbaity. They want it to be, you know, appropriately descriptive, not exaggerated, but develop intrigue. How can you do that? Right. And then they, they have a section here called expertise questions. So is this person that's putting out this content credible? Are they citing sources and presenting uh, the information in a way that, that makes you trust it? And, and some of the things they look at here is, is this content, content written by an expert or enthusiast who demonstrably, is that a word? Demonstrably, demonstrably, how do you say demonstrably, that? Demonstrably, I don't know. Demonstrably. <laughs> Yes. One of those three. The, yeah. <laughs> now it is. Thank you. We hear video creators speak English. So we know, uh, Eng we know videos, not English. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. We create um, videos, not languages. Well, that's actually. Right. <laughs> or blogs. Yeah. Is this content written by an expert or enthusiast who knows the topic well? Um, and is the content free from easily verified factual errors? Man, that's refreshing to hear in, in this time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have presentation and production questions. This applies to us. So um, was the content produced well or does it appear slop sloppily like my speaking or hastily produced? So good design equals perceived credibility. You can't just like throw something together and not put any thought into it and put the right keywords in front of the title and, you know, also have something that is just a ripoff of something else and just expect it to work. It's just not going to work anymore. Right. I think what I take from this is like 
quality is so subjective. It's not like there's some people have a million subscribers by posting nothing than just a one take from their cell phone. Uh, uh, Dr. Um, Barry on YouTube, you look him up. I worked with him a few years ago. There's other people who put have whole entire production teams, right? So, so I think what YouTube is saying here is like, you can't just rush through this. And we heard that from Annie a, a little bit ago where like, it's just, you just can't get to the point where like, Hey, I'm, 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 I just need a video up and I just got to like get one done. And, and the YouTube algorithm is going to hate me if I don't get it. Like, no, slow down. You can skip, you can miss if you need to, like if your audience is expecting it, it's better to post nothing than it is to post something that's just sloppy and hastily produced. And YouTube will look at that and they will measure that apparently on the, on the Google side of things. And I think YouTube's YouTube, the algorithm side can tell as well, not only from viewer signals, but they're literally scanning every like frame by frame as it's uploaded. So they know exactly what's going on in the content as well. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and quality here, they even refer to like, does this display well for mobile devices when viewed on them? I mean, because a huge, huge, huge amount of views are coming from mobile now, right? So we have to have yeah. that in mind as well. And then lastly, they have these comparative questions. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew, but your video is not the only option that YouTube has. <laughs> so they, they're <laughs> pinning it up against other stuff too. And they're saying like, does this content seem to be serving the genuine, like this is their word, the genuine interests of visitors to the site? Or does it seem to exist solely by someone attempting to guess what might rank well in search engines. Oh, Lennon, that hurts a little bit. <laughs> that's, a, that's a stinger right there, right? It's like, and I cannot tell you how many consults I've done where it's like, but Lennon, tell me what I need to make. What does your person need? You know, I mean, mm -hmm. and and this this comes down to, to that, like they're saying, you know, but beyond asking these questions, you know, consider having others that you trust that are unaffiliated with your site to provide an honest assessment. And arguably, that's exactly what we're here for. And I, and I don't take it lightly that we get to do that for so many people. And that's some of my favorite things because you get to hear people say, just having a second set of eyes on my content made such a big difference. Now, whether or not that's us is totally up to you. But, you know, I would, I always say things like with your titles and some of these things that we've just discussed, like, is it bringing genuine value to the viewer? Do they understand what it is? Find a group of friends that that will, if you told them or showed them the title and thumbnail, would they get what the video is about? Have them tell you what they think that is. Like, that's a great trick to start. Just getting a second set of eyes somewhere can be so, so valuable with this stuff. And that could be us. <laughs> could be us. Yeah. Could be I us. Mean, it, it, it literally, that, that post literally says, not you guys should work with video creators. No, it does say, beyond asking yourself these questions, consider having others you trust, but who are unaffiliated with your site provide an honest assessment. And I think just getting that feedback is so, so helpful. And, and, and I'm not saying that as someone who's like, yes, we offer consulting services. I say that as someone who does that myself, like I hire coaches, I hire consultants, I hire people that help me work on things like sales, which we'll talk about next week with, uh, we will actually get to meet one of the consultants uh, that I hired to help me uh, improve the sales here at, and we'll talk exactly about how that'll impact your, you and your business coming up next week. But I do the same thing. And it's so helpful. You take someone who's spent maybe decades of their life studying something and, and now can condense down into one hour. 
like exactly what you need to do like 20% more work and see 80% more results, that is just amazing. So I, I really want us to just remember, like this is what YouTube, this is their words, not ours. This is a, a direct quote from Google search saying, does the content seem to be serving the genuine interests of visitors, i.e. people first, i.e. focus on the viewer, or does it seem to exist solely by someone attempting to guess what might rank well in search engines? I feel like that is like 90% of the people we, we work with is a, not everyone, but a lot of them are like, how do I get the search engine to push me? How do I, like, I'm using all these keyword tools, trying to get, and it's, it's the wrong way to think about it. Go the way Google's telling you, which is, have a gen, and I know you, you guys are listening to this. You do have a genuine interest. It's not like you hate people and you're only just trying to manipulate a system. It's not like that. But I think we sometimes think that we have to manipulate a system in order to get people's attention on their platform. And Google's saying that's not true here. I personally do think it is true on other platforms that I won't mention, but uh, on YouTube and on Google, it's not that way. Their systems are designed to try to surface content that people want to see. And if people aren't seeing it, the problem isn't I need to pay for more exposure or I uh, or YouTube hates me. The problem is like other videos are still just outperforming yours. And it doesn't mean you won't find your audience. You can't do it. It just means like we need to talk through how do we, usually it comes down to branding and things. It's like, how do we get someone to more quickly understand who we are, what we're all about? We got to optimize for these first time viewers. We spend a lot of time with our clients working on this. And I will suffice it to say here that I, I highly recommend you guys go out, get two books. I'm not sponsored by either author, although I wish I was because <laughs> I promote them all the time. But when we bring on new clients, it's a like primal branding is like a must read. And you've been around for before, you've heard us talk about it, but what Patrick Hanlon does in that book, he looks at all the top brands that develop cult-like followings and just ask the question, what did these brands do that made it easy for people to fall in love with their content, fall in love with their brand, with their products, their services, and just buy everything they, they sell, become brand advocates for them. And when you look at the top channels that are just killing it on YouTube, it is like they got usually all seven of these things down just squarely ingrained into their content so naturally that you, you don't even notice it until you know to look for it. So highly recommend Primal Branding. The second book I'll recommend is called Storyworthy by Matthew Dix. And what I really love about Storyworthy is that it is one of the most practical books in, in terms of how do you actually tell an engaging story? In our world, is like, how do we actually craft an engaging video? What, do we, what are the things we actually need to make sure we do and don't do in this content that will make it easy for people to quickly, like for us to quickly capture their attention and hold their attention and then prompt an action at the end of that, of that content. So it's not a, neither one are YouTube books, but you, there's a lot of takeaways for YouTube creators in those. So I highly recommend both of them. And I'll put links in the show notes to both of those. But if we're going to summarize it all here, guys, like going forward into 2021, what should you do on your YouTube channel? to take advantage of the updates happening in YouTube's algorithms and systems is to optimize for people, not robots. Those are our words, not Google's, but we think it's a good summary. <laughs> optimize for people. Not, we should turn that into a t-shirt, actually. I don't know if anyone would buy it, but I should I'd wear it and nobody would ever see it on the podcast. So <laughs> fine. I'm wearing one right now, actually. I didn't want to tell you guys. Optimize. Oh, man, I want to see it. Optimize for people, <laughs> not YouTube. That's what we're making yeah. into a t-shirt. Optimized for people, not robots. 
Optimize uh, for iTunes, not Lennon. Did I, miss, over, did I miss say that? People over robots. That's yes. what it needs to be. That's what YouTube's systems are tracking. Watch time, session time, satisfaction, click-through rates. Um, do people engage? All, all these things. Before we let you guys go, we want to give you our power tip of the week, an actionable tip that you can take and implement on your channel to grow faster, reach more people. Delina, what is that for this week? This week's power tip is to put the main emphasis or the main value, if you will, of your video title or of your video within the first like 55 characters of the title because we've noticed that in some places your title is still getting truncated on the homepage. They've given a lot more room. That title can get longer. So you don't have to fit the entire value of the video in there. But what's like the main thing that if it did get truncated, uh, that you're putting it at the front of the title so that if it does get truncated, that main value is not getting cut off. We actually have a video that did this very thing. It was, um, how often should you upload a new video from a YouTube employee? And it just truncated too long. The from YouTube employee got cut off. And the video just died. I'm like, this video should be doing better. Like everyone asked this question. So I went back and I couldn't figure out a way to shorten the title, but I added to the thumbnail YouTube employee with the arrow pointing to the YouTube employee who is giving the advice. And then it just shot up like like 60,000 views in one day and like kept going after that. And I was like, oh, okay. See like that credibility piece in that thumbnail made a big difference and it got truncated in the title, but adding it to the thumbnail helped. So yeah, just make sure that the the punchline isn't cut off and is visible before it gets truncated. Very important. Guys, next week, we have another fun episode for you guys. We are going to be talking about six steps to launching a six-figure online course with your YouTube channel. I'm going to introduce you to one of my sales mentors who has helped us grow significantly. <laughs> I'll share with you some of those stats maybe next time. But if you have any interest in, in creating and launching a course or YouTube audience, he's done this many times with a lot of different YouTube creators and has a good system and process in place for how do you do this with your YouTube channel and just good for sales overall. So we look forward to seeing you guys again next week for another Video Creators Podcast episode. 